Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. What a week we had, episode 44. What's up with you, man? Uh, it sounds like uh, we got a lot to talk about. You had some exciting news. Uh, we saw some shows. I saw some yeah. live person shows. And mm-hmm. uh, just a lot going on, man. Two grand openings. Uh, the grand opening of Dunkin' Donuts at the Link, which we'll get into. Grand opening of Magic Reinvented Nightly after 411 days off. Wow, it's like you got the info, the 411. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. Um, <laughs> Let's get let into take... that right away, because that's, I mean, uh, people are dying to know how reopening the show went, how you felt about it, what what did you learn along the way? Give me it all, Matt. Out of the gate, I will tell you, it was amazing the feeling you can't put into words. It's so good to be back. Morale is high. Everyone's excited. Audiences have been literally phenomenal. Like it's like people couldn't be more appreciative to be experiencing live entertainment again. Um, for me, I'm sore. <laughs> yeah. Physically sore. You're like uh, exhausted from standing up on stage for that long again and doing all. Yeah, the things I've you need been to do. exhausted. I'm. Passing out at the end of the night, just by the end of the night, <laughs> I'm just exhausted. But yesterday, after six shows in five days, wow, my back feels like, and it's not like, um, you know, like a stiff neck type thing, like where mm-hmm. I'm just getting old, which is also true because I have a birthday in a few days. Um, <laughs> but my back is actually sore as if I did back exercises. Now, none of this happened during rehearsal. But after doing the actual shows in front of real audiences, like I, I feel totally different. I don't know what it is I do during the show that's like that physically demanding, or maybe it's just the eighty-five minutes of kind of, you know, being a dancing monkey. But I'm sore <laughs> and exhausted, yeah. and it feels great. It's probably just the fact that you're doing it more and more. You're doing those reps after another, and you know, making sure your posture is good and all the other yeah. uh, motions you have to do, and. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Are you now? I don't think I ever asked you this. Uh, are you doing a full week of shows or how, how many days a week are you back on or what, what's the, what's the schedule like? Six shows in five days. Wow. Yeah. So right now we're dark Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So obviously by process of elimination, we perform Thursday through Monday. Um, I will say it was emotional. Even mm. so, we did a dress rehearsal the night before opening right. for just thirty-five invited guests. Mm-hmm. And up until that moment, I was like, "Do I have a show?" Because <laughs> the missing ingredient of having an audience there is so substantial for me. And when I walked out on stage, trying not to shed tears, mm-hmm. and I know some of our crew members said the same thing that they actually did tear up oh, upon wow. entering the stage. Uh, It immediately came back like riding a bike. Like the culture shock going from basically zero audience members in rehearsal to having just 35 people, it felt like a full house to me. That's amazing. Well, just having any bodies in the audience that haven't seen the show, I mean, there's going to be that level of energy there to begin with, uh, even if it isn't a full audience. It's just having people to bounce and resonate the sound off of and everything like that. It's yeah, 35 people. I might for an invited audience the night before opening. It might as well I might as well have been at Madison Square Garden sold out. 
I immediately was interacting with the front row. It just mm-hmm. immediately it yeah. all came back and the lines were there and the improv was there and the reactions were there. And I was just like, wow. So like going from that to the real opening night with whatever we are allowed to see to limited occupancy, 240 mm-hmm. something. Um, was less of a culture shock than going from zero to 35, believe it or oh, not. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. I get that. The new material is going over pretty swimmingly. Oh, good. Uh, the bit that I sort of pitched to you on the cast with the casino table, mm-hmm. like the introduction piece that I talked about, the the comedic piece about the, the blackjack table with my face on it, yeah. is just... It's just going so well. It, it very seldom <laughs> do I type something up and then just go out and deliver it and have it work. Oh, it nice. is, it's just, it has laughs in places I didn't know they were going to be. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so like the intro itself, as of right now, uh, certainly as of opening night, was better than the magic. Nice. <laughs> um, the magic has changed from one night to the next in terms of trying to improve it. Sure, because that's that, kind that of, actually, in, huh? Go ahead. Because that's your kind of um, workshop space. Because you're doing a lot of like close up y things at the table, so you can kind of see what's working one night and adjust from night to night. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of thought, okay, this is all buttoned up. This will be good no matter what. But that <laughs> ended up being the area in the show where I needed to make adjustments oh, uh, more yeah. so than. Uh, some of the other things that you know I've been working on right. that just kind of worked. And then when I got to this stuff that I thought, okay, this will be comfortable. I know what to expect here. I go, okay, this isn't, I'm not enjoying this part. I want to do this instead. And I've been making changes from night to night. And now it's getting closer to where I want it to be. Oh, so, that's great. For and, that one segment. And how, I won't go, not going into specifics, but how how's the new balloon trick? Can we say See, that? See, that just, that just worked. It just worked. <laughs> it, it just worked. Not to say there couldn't be room for improvement. Mm. Obviously, anytime you introduce something new, but the feel of it worked. The audience seemed to be in, like it was one of those things where when it ends, people just want to keep clapping. And and to me, I'm so close to the fire. I think, oh, does it have an ending? Does it need a kicker? Yeah. Is this really good? And and look, there's plenty of room for improvement, but it just worked. Whereas the the casino table stuff worked. But I say, okay, I know I can do X, Y, Z to improve this. So two different things. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. So it sounds like it's going well. And if you're in Vegas or coming to the Vegas area, you could see Matt perform his live socially distanced show, which is amazing. It Yeah, to me, it feels like some of the best shows we've ever done. Uh, every show has ended in a standing ovation as of this recording. Um and I don't mean it as a brag. I really don't. I mean it as uh, I I just feel like I'm so appreciative of the audiences and, and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Because we're we've been hungry. Right. For this experience. And it, it's crazy to me. We should have some photos coming up of what the show looks like now. Just some little teasers. I mean, it, it photographs so well compared to what we've had in the past uh, mm-hmm. five years. I mean, I guess that's part of what happens when you design a show with the help of folks who not only work in theater, but uh, design for television. It really photographs well, and it just looks like uh, um, quite the spectacle, which it is. And it all is in support of of the magic. And that's the thing. I actually feel like I'm not having to work as hard just to dive into the performer side a little sure. bit. You know, in the past, sometimes you're you're showing the climax with the inflection in your voice at the end of a routine. Right. Whereas now, I, I can still do that, but 
I also can fall back on the lighting supporting that climax and the music supporting that oh, climax that cool. in, in ways that we had tried to do in the past. And I just feel like we're succeeding much more in now. So yeah, I, I, I am loving it. I was so concerned about like the content of your show. I forgot that you like re-teched and have a whole new production and look and feel to it too. So that's exciting. It really is. <laughs> Very It cool. really is. Yeah. Projections on the wall. It's crazy because like the show is such a different experience based on where you sit. So if you're in the back half of the room, you really get this immersive experience of, uh, like I said, so it does. it's not just on stage. There are projections on the sidewall. So you really get a different perspective from there versus if you're in the front section where you're getting that sort of... Um, direct intimacy which Mm -hmm. is a whole different experience so depending on where you sit you kind of get a different um you get to have a different experience in the show so if you you know come back and see it again try a different area and you know it might it might feel different to you as well so nice now um i forget what the latest uh vegas rules were for audience interaction but how did that all go going into the audience finding people bringing people on stage did you do any of that and uh, yeah were the people hesitant or they're super gung-ho or everyone has been really gung-ho and i will say uh one of the first things i say on stage is i I just talk about how happy we are to reopen and we do want to keep it that way and i encourage everyone to kind of follow Mm -hmm. uh the protocols that are in place which means our audiences have to be masked i need to be masked if i come within 12 feet of audience members Mm Um, which happens several times throughout the show. Um, No hesitancy, all excitement. Um, I kind of trailed off there and forgot exactly what the question was about participation. (laughs) Well, I think uh, to to tie back to one of our previous episodes, I think people are dying to know how would you solve the microphone with the mask problem. The temporary solution is a just a uh, basically for the lack of better phrase because I don't have lapels, but it's just right. a clip on like a lapel type microphone that doesn't interfere with the mask. So uh, we spent a lot of time sort of dialing that in during rehearsal, and you know it actually sounds pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Good. I don't even know if I'll go back to an ear set. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see. But um, as of right now, it's it's just uh, it just feels so relieving to get that first week. Mm-hmm. done no, i don't want to yeah. say done with but like but, under your belt so that you can you know excited to do more shows coming up and keep that ball rolling now that you're back on stage where you know you were missing it for all this time during the pandemic right totally i forgot how taxing it is physically though yeah. it, like i used to have endurance because <laughs> i did so many shows and now mm-hmm. when you haven't done them in hundreds and hundreds of days um, and I'm not even saying it in a complaining way. I'm just saying it as this is what it is. Right, right, right. You know, exactly. So, uh, but any it's been great. fun, like uh, I, uh, just to tie back to that previous question, any fun interactions with audience members of how, you know, any ad libs or, you know. Yeah. I mean, live live shows, anything can happen. And that's why people like going to live shows, because if anything couldn't happen, they just watch a highly edited movie because it happens the same way each time. So what were those live elements with the audience and how they're dealing with the restrictions and everything like that? I'm not sure what the rules are as to whether or not we need to add a little explicit tag to the episode. (laughs) Oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay. As long as you're not concerned, I won't be concerned. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, for this casino night segment, I am because of social distancing and I have, I, I like to bring up four people for it. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it were not for COVID, maybe even more, but we're doing four and I, I have to pull them all from the same group. It needs to be a party of four 
in order to have four people on stage. Right. So I pull up a party of four, and I ask someone uh, their name. I say, what's your name? And um, gosh, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but I can't. It was something interesting. Like, this isn't it, but it was like Merle or something like that. Sure. That, that wasn't it. And, like, uh, from and the I might Walking Dead, it, it was Merle. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't just like Mike. Sure. Yeah. And but it was one of those instances where you say, "What's your name?" and they laugh as they're telling it to you. When you combine the laugh with the unique name, I automatically think, "Okay, is he telling me a fake name?" Yeah, exactly. Which is would be unusual, but I'm hip to that little bit that someone might try to do if they're you know maybe had one too many drinks or something so i'm like you know what what is that a fake name or something you know i I give him that and he goes no i just immediately regret wearing this shirt what was the shirt (laughs) it said i'm the fastest comer oh boy (laughs) and it was spelt not with an o no like and that's like a a shirt I'm sure is sold on the streets of Vegas. And, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if this was a custom job or what it was. And uh, That was what was... he was wearing on your family-friendly show on stage? Not only that. So now, the, you know, there's so much built-in humor. I mean, it's one of those situations. And I always find that the less I think about it, the better the lines come. If I overanalyze it and try to be funny, it ain't going to yeah. happen. I got to just be present. So that's all happening, and it's, of course, coming very easy. Oh, no pun intended. (laughs) I assume you didn't see the shirt prior to you bringing him on stage. (laughs) I did not. But then when I go to the next person and I ask her name, uh, let's say it was uh, Jessica. I don't remember what the name was. Um, I start sort of trying to figure out the dynamic Mm -hmm. as to who's who, and she seems about the right age to be his mother. Okay. Yeah. So I say, how do you know so-and-so? I'm his mother. Yeah. <laughs> so the mom is there with this guy wearing explicit T-shirt. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, so funny. And you asked about, I know what I was going to say earlier. You asked about the distancing and the protocols. Yeah. I'm sanitizing everything. Everything uh-huh. that gets handed out gets, we have spray, like a sanitizing spray mist yeah. that, that hits every prop that changes hands. And- <laughs> It turns out there's a whole bunch of built-in humor there that I wasn't uh, expecting, too. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. especially after talking to that guy, you were like, let's sanitize you before you come on stage. Yeah, <laughs> I should have just sprayed him down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked if there were you know, any interesting interaction moments. That was the best uh, that I can remember off the top of my head because that actually was our last show. That that was uh, that was the moment that stuck out. That's so. really funny. Now, I'm sure there's, that's an interesting dynamic because normally when you bring up say you have several participants and you're bringing up people from different groups there's kind of that hesitancy because everyone's kind of a stranger and they're just trying to like uh, ideally they're trying to like follow your instructions and you know are pretty good but i assume maybe uh if you're bringing up a pot of people who know each other there's more of a familiarity between them and maybe they might mess with you a little bit more just feel like they you know it's their little time to shine and i i don't know if you'll see more kind of the, uh, you know, not hecklers per se, but more like difficult participants or just trying to have, you know, more more loosey-goosey about it. Did you notice Not at all. That? I don't know why that is. Uh, I don't know if it's just my style being not confrontational right. or if it's I'm um, choosing which one or two I interact with most or if it's because even though they are in the same pod, those seats are still 
uh, distance as well, almost from each other, not six feet, but right, right, they're right, not right. all huddled together and sort of whispering in each, other e- <laughs> sure, each other's sure, ears. Sure. It's just not possible. Um, but I meant so, even bringing them all up on stage, you know, all together, you know, when that spotlight's on to them, usually people are a little scared to be on stage. But if you have like three of your buddies, there strength in you, numbers. Yeah, it's like a strength in numbers type of thing. <laughs> yeah, we have, you know, we have uh, three people on stage that are from our team during the segment. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's sort of an even playing field, I suppose. But. The truth is we're working together. Yeah. You know, the truth is it's all we're all creating entertainment for the rest of the audience. So I I try to always build that rapport. So there's really there's right. no interest in being a, a jerk or anything for them, you know. But it's good that you have crew members there because if you had to throw down, at least it's an even fight and we could do like Oh, a absolutely. Sh- sharks yeah, and that jets. will happen, you know. <laughs> Fists will get thrown. No. <laughs> Imagine if that just happened in the middle of a show. I'm sure it's happened somewhere. Just well, like it's really happened to bad. me in Massachusetts. Uh, wait, what? What was this? Oh, I know there was a fight in the audience. Uh, yeah, that the story? that's what it was. I wasn't involved, yeah, but a couple the- of football players started yeah. duking it out in the middle of a college show years ago. <laughs> And what do you do in that moment? What did you do? <laughs> I honestly don't recall. All I know is like security broke it up and then I had to just continue on. It was like the first 10 minutes of the show. Not even. It was my opening bit. Fight broke out and it was like, all right, everybody, magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're past those days of performing in a juvenile detention center. So, Having said that, we still have people, you know, throw up in an audience in Vegas <laughs> showrooms fairly regularly. So, Yeah. I mean, it's Vegas. I mean, I'm just thinking about, the, again, the type of people who are going to Vegas during the pandemic or probably already gambling a lot, not just with your money, but you know, if hopefully they're vaccinated or wearing masks and okay with protocols, but I'm, I can imagine there's a lot of people who are kind of anti that. So we've had great compliance. You know, like I said, I come out of the show and say it right out of the gate. Yeah. So I think people are like, okay, I can, I get it. No matter what they're for (laughs) or against, they're like, we're happy to be sitting here we understand this is what needs to be done to do this. And and here we go. Uh, You brought up an interesting point from a performing perspective of like the social dynamic of bringing up four people who know each other. Yeah. I think it just hit me when I mentioned the football thing. Like I think that social dynamic changes uh, when the whole audience sort of has a familiarity with each other. That's when it's different. So a private party or even a college or a, you know, a frat house, whatever it is, when you're bringing up someone and then everyone in the audience knows that person, a corporate event, and you bring up the president, that's when the social dynamic um, changes. Of course, we know how to use that as performers. uh, Right. To your advantage. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. For the better of the show. But I think only when the numbers get so skewed like that, does it become uh, a social change. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's, um, you know, ticket buyers coming from all walks of life, it's not, it's not quite there. Because all four of them still don't know the rest of the house. Right, right. That yeah. makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. But you got more so, shows coming up this week, and are you going to make adjustments in between? Or I mean, you got shows tonight, I'm sure, right? Yeah, we go back tonight, and uh, I guess we have another fifty-something shows uh, already on sale through the beginning of July, and we're getting ready to go on sale for the rest of the year. Sort of planning that schedule. We'll put another, I don't know couple hundred events on sale uh pretty soon so get your really tickets. exciting go see matt that's so great and it's yeah it looks like vegas is opening up more and more shows are opening uh yeah. we just got the announcement here in new york that uh broadway is set to return september uh, oh so that's I'm, exciting is it occupancy talked about yet or no they're saying a hundred percent 
Whoa. For September. Yeah. So I know tickets are already going on sale. Uh, but yeah, so that's exciting. The world's coming back. And uh, I mean, I've already done my little, uh, you know, live shows here and there. Uh, I did another scam this past weekend. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's going well. It's just uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to being on stage with a full audience down the road and uh, seeing how that energy changes. Well, speaking of the world coming back, um, well, today I, I mentioned briefly in the opening there was a, a Dunkin' Donuts grand opening which, at the link, which I'll get into in a little bit. Yes, that um, is that is uh, top priority news. I mean, having a Dunkin' it, Donuts right near your theater. The first one on the strip is at the link. But I'm, anyway, listen, I don't want to get into that just yet. <laughs> Um, My so ears I was, perked up at Dunkin' Donuts, so I was like, I want to hear all about that. Yeah, I know. As soon as I mentioned it, you're in. Uh, you, you, you joked to me right before we came yeah. on that you celebrated the grand opening yeah. uh, by having Dunkin', but really you just have Dunkin' because you're Eric yeah. Dillman. I, I call it Dunks. It's, it's <laughs> Dunks, whatever sure, you want to sure call it. <laughs> um, so I was there for that. There's a, a special mm-hmm. little secret menu item we're going to talk about. I did Whoa. some social media content there, which I'll be posting. Uh, we've talked about Instagram recent in recent days. But speaking of the world coming back, the world has been seeing you. You've got a, a viral video from oh, your yeah. Penn & Teller show. Yeah, my, uh, my clip from Fool Us, Penn & Teller Fool Us, uh, a couple years back. Uh, prior to the pandemic, so it's got to be at least one year. Um, just hit one million views. Woo! Which is a pretty good milestone. I didn't Fantastic. even realize. I was more worried. Like I was checking the clip to see if it was still up, and like it wasn't like taken down, copyright issues, and all that stuff. Because I know other performers who have posted theirs were having issues. So I just like casually checked, and then it said. Over a million views, and I was like, "Wow, I missed crazy that milestone." So um, I wonder when that happened. That's great. Yeah, it must have been fairly recently because it's still like just just a little bit over. Uh, sure. But, um, yeah, I was uh, pretty happy with that spot, and uh, you know the fact that so many people seem to enjoy it, and that uh, you know my my dirty charades routine that I workshop through a bunch of college shows where it's probably mm-hmm. more appropriate than live television or recorded television, but uh, it's still a fun routine. So if, uh, I'll put that in the show notes if people want to check it out and maybe we'll get it up to um, 1 million point zero 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 something. Yeah. <laughs> Mental charades yeah. where he predicts what people are doing in terms of their gesticulations without looking at them. Gesticulation's a great word. <laughs> but, Isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole premise is, uh, you know, about uh, we think of dirty things all the time and uh, we're going to play an innocent game of charades that ends up being pretty dirty. This is a dirty episode here tonight, man. <laughs> well, a- <laughs> <laughs> if not for the shirt, it would be fairly clean so far. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Uh, I want to um, hear all about the Dunkin' Donuts opening. Yeah, so so coming up in a bit, we also we you and I saw a virtual show. I just want to tease that a little bit of uh, an idol of mine. I believe an idol of yours as well. Perform a virtual magic show, which we'll get into. But yes. today we're recording this a little bit later than usual. I was at the link bright and early for the grand opening. So there are two Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Duncan, I guess it's just called Duncan now, being yeah, added know. to the Las Vegas Strip. Both are inside the link. Both. So we had the grand opening at the bigger uh, of the two locations, and there was a ribbon cutting ceremony. They had costume donut characters, which I will be, yes. What? They have names. (laughs) (laughs) Because their previous mascot used to be Fred the Baker. 
Time to make the donuts. Exactly. You and remember that? Yeah. And then he. You passed. remember that phrase? Of course, that was their slogan. Mm-hmm. Or his slogan. Um, so there was a ribbon cutting, and at the opening, they announced that there is an official Matt Franco beverage available exclusively at the link. Whoa. Secret menu. So this is a little bit of a hack for when you come to Vegas, if you want the best drink on the menu. And it really is good, and I did help design it. Um, it's a frozen coffee, a frozen coffee with oat milk and blueberry shots. It's got three blueberry shots, which I think is like six or nine pumps. Wow. It sounds vegan. It's perfect. <laughs> oat milk. But it is delicious. They gave out free samples of it to everyone in attendance. Lots of photo opportunities. I actually uh, edited together a little uh, few-minute video, just kind of – I didn't even mean to, but mm-hmm. there was so much you know, content being captured that I put together a little video, which I will be throwing up on – IGTV in the next uh, day or two, Instagram TV, if you don't know the uh, the abbreve. <laughs> and uh, wow, it was a really good time. It was great. And the the uh, the general manager slash probably also vice president or something, uh, forgive me for getting the uh, titles wrong, but like the president of the link, uh, Dan Walsh was there, kind of made a speech along with the executives from Duncan. We did the ribbon cutting. We did the photos. We had some coffee and every, a good time was had by all. I love this so much. First of all, I'm just picturing all the, all of you go to the link, ask for the Matt Franco because it's not listed, right? It is. It oh, is. It so is there okay. is like a uh, you know Duncan designed like a printout that is I don't know what you call it not not a table tent larger than that but on the counter like where you order it's on display at the moment. Featured, so that's good. That yeah, New England is slowly taking over the West Coast mm-hmm. and Vegas specifically. Now you've got a Dunks right where you work at the Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not too far from a Dell's Lemonade, I believe, right. is still in right. Vegas now. So mm-hmm. you know, Rhode Island staple. This is great. I love it. Now I've had menu items before at different things in Vegas: sandwiches, mm-hmm. pizzas. And, you know, there's a game of telephone that happens. So don't be surprised (laughs) if you go and you ask for it and they go, what are you talking about? I don't know how to make that. But they hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. But they did show me how to make it. I actually went back in the kitchen and and we made one. And I pulled it out of the blender and I poured it myself and the whole thing. I was like, I got the full schooling on how to do it. Um, They said, Matt, what do you want to be in your drink? This was a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I have absolutely no idea. But Tiana... My wife uh, worked at a, uh, a cafe bakery for many years back in Rhode Island years ago. So I asked her, I, I tagged her in to help make it. So so she gave her two cents on it. I sent it in and they're like, yeah, we tried this at the headquarters and these are the changes we're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the final result is fantastic. That's great. Well, if there's a new employee that doesn't know how to make it, you could just be like, I got it and jump behind the counter and do it yourself. I could actually just go work there like up until showtime. I could go in every day and just make sure that it's being made properly. Just have a hat on and hope people don't notice. and be like, oh, what show, show are you going to tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. Like, I think you would really enjoy it. I mean, it rivals the culottes. I'm oh, not kidding. All right. Well, I yeah. mean, it sounds like it's half blueberry. So it sounds like it might be a culotta itself. Well, here's the thing. I don't I don't like things that are super sweet. I have an aversion to too much sugar, but it's it's actually not, you know? 
Gotcha. It's really not too sweet. So I, I think you would enjoy it. So I'm going to be living the best um, like food life, going to Dunks, across the way to the Hot Doggery, my favorite place <laughs> at the Link Promenade. Yes. Uh, this is good. I, I, I'm going to have to do a trip soon to come see the new show and, I, and to partake. Yeah, yeah, you got to come out. Stuff. Oh, man. It's like, uh, I, did I mention? I already did. Yeah, I did. Never mind. I'm not going to go back. I Nope. <laughs> No, I got hit in the head a couple weeks ago, yeah. so that's, I'm blaming it on that. You're still feeling the effects. <laughs> uh, we did something fun uh, to celebrate a birthday party. I don't know if you, you've uh, seen any people uh, but you can uh, that have tried this, but you can rent out a movie theater. And uh, so, again, my friend Harrison, who's name-dropped a lot on this podcast, uh, rented a movie theater for his fiance's uh, birthday just to uh, for us to play video games, we hooked up the Switch, played a little Mario screen? Kart on the big screen. You did not play Mario Kart on the big screen. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, you we know, did. I would have flown in for this. <laughs> I would have canceled the show to come play Mario Kart on the we Switch. We did some Jackbox games on our phones that awesome. you know, was displayed on the screen. He made a custom video that had like a Star Wars crawl that was all geared towards her and. You know, we had balloons and popcorn. It felt like, you know, it felt like, you know, when you were little, like going to like a middle school birthday and you're like, oh, this is kind of lame. It's like, you know, but now as adults, we're like, this is awesome. <laughs> Having like a middle schoolish birthday uh, with all the treats and snacks and pizza and balloons and medals uh, that were awarded to the Mario Kart winners. It was a lot of fun. Ah, I love Mario Kart. It's the only (laughs) video game I play. I play online internationally, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is we all get vaccines, and we can all hang out in our little groups and you know start doing things again. So I really would like to. Can we do that? Like when I'm in New York? Yeah, or we uh, hopefully they're still doing you know movie rentals. Mm. I'm sure that's happening in Vegas too. We could probably rent a theater. Who knows? I know. I wonder because I think the theaters might be open here. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That. Is it because your theaters are closed or? or? Um, yeah, they're well, they're now opening up again. So it's okay. funny because we were like playing video games, and then like the theater over was like playing, you know, Minari or whatever the latest, you know, Oscar-nominated movie were, and like people were like, small amounts of people were like there, ticket buyers, regular seeing a movie, and you know how you get that bleed through. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, I was just laughing. I was like, imagine watching a really serious moment in this really like soft, quiet, intense uh, part of this film, and then you hear, it's a me, Mario, coming through the walls. <laughs> or something like that. That would have been hilarious. Uh, so hopefully great. no one was like banging on the wall or anything. But the staff uh, was great, and they had a blast. They had just the guy up in the projector who, you know, was plugging in things that we wanted him to. and It was, it was fun. It was, uh, I had a good time. Fantastic. Fantastic. So... About halfway through. Is it too soon? No, I think I was just... uh, You read my mind, Matt. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Good timing. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Matt. uh, This one I like because it starts with the word yo, and it doesn't have anything to do with the riddle, but the way it's written is just yo. So, yo, I ain't big or long, but I am heavy going forward. Going backwards, I'm not. What the heck am I? 
Let's hear it again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's written like it's like street lingo. <laughs> right. <laughs> or like whatever, but it's like, yo, it's got this riddle's got attitude, man. <laughs> well, you say yo a lot actually, so this fits you. You're like, yo, that's like your opening yeah, line on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Yo. Especially when you're tired. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read a little more tired than a little less <laughs> Yo, I ain't big or long, but I am heavy going forward. Going backwards, I'm not. What the heck am I? Heavy going forward. Big in what? I ain't big or long. Ain't big or long. Heavy going forward, but backwards, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something that goes backwards more often than not. Like, hmm. Heavy going forward. I wonder, does it mean heavy, like actual weight, physically heavy? Or is it like, oh, this is a really heavy issue, you know? Yeah, it's like the Beatles. She's so heavy. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> right. There's so many meanings here, potentially. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why they added the yo, just to like be like, heavy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heavy going forward, backwards, backwards, I'm not. I'm trying to think, what's not he- what's light going backwards? Oh, does it have to do something to do with light? No. Like, because, no, oh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> what, what, it, what, is, what goes backwards easier than it goes forwards? Mm, I don't know if that's the line of thinking you want to go down. I ain't big or long. So it's either small or, like, does long, again, refer to size or duration? Hmm. Um, I would say, well, it could be either, I guess. Hmm. I wonder if any of our listeners have already got this. Cause, uh, you think so? I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting because I, I wanted to change up uh, the types of riddles because we were getting a whole lot of riddles in one vein, and we had kind of abandoned this category of riddle for a while, and now mm. we're, I'm bringing it back because uh, – you know that priming. You were you were just too good at these at one point, so I had to set it aside and rest it for a while until you forgot the type of riddle. This type no, of riddle. I'm still good. I just got I got hit no, in the I head. Know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all back to that <laughs> the middle clunk in the head. I don't know the answer to this. I I I'm right. I don't know. Um. So uh, yo, I ain't big or long, but I am heavy going forward. So think of something uh, that you see going forward. Uh, but going back, going backwards, I'm not. It means it's not going backwards or it's not heavy going backwards? Going backwards, I'm not, is literally so a true It doesn't fact. go backwards. Going backwards. It's a bowling ball. No, going backwards, I'm not. K-N-O-T or N-O-T? Nope. N-O-T is right. However... Uh-huh. You're thinking of the meaning of these words. Mm-hmm. Think of the words themselves. It's the word not. Going backwards, I'm not. What? I'm, but I'm heavy going forward. Oh, heavy. The word heavy. Nope. <laughs> Close. <laughs> going backwards, I'm not. So if it oh, wasn't going backwards, yes. There you wow. go. Don't give me any. Don't give me the. Don't give me. Yeah, there you go. I, I got that wrong. <laughs> Sure. I added multiple. <laughs> That's a great one, though. I got a little trigger happy. Yeah, it's a weird word one that uh, that uh, we haven't approached in a while. So. I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, if you got that, give yourselves a pat on the back. But if yeah. you're driving, don't do that because that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Let's jump into. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Uh, you can tell me based on the choices I'm going to give if you need choices. Uh, okay. How difficult you want me to make this? Uh, where was the first Duncan founded? Oh. And I'm looking for the actual like city slash town, so I, I can make it. You know, if you already happen to know the state, you know. I know the state. I just don't uh, know the exact city. I have an mm-hmm. idea, but I don't. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent because first instinct just give me a thumb. If if I get the first instinct wrong, I'll ask for choices. But like my first thought was just Boston. It's not, it Boston. not Boston. Okay. And so give, I, I wasn't going to give that as an option. So. Okay, great. So what are the choices? Well, I'm not going to give you. I, I, I just to be fair. Now you're going to do. Now you're going to do different uh, cities in in Massachusetts. Well, just to be fair, I was going to say Providence, Rhode Island, as one. Right. I was going to say uh, Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Quincy, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was actually Chicago, Illinois. So you, you know. So it's down I, to the I made, two Massachusetts ones. I made it harder ones. by having two Massachusetts ones. Um, Rehoboth. I don't. I, I know there's a Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. No, I don't know if I know if there's a Rehoboth in Massachusetts, but I, there's a lot of. I towns. will tell you there is indeed a Rehoboth, <laughs> okay. Massachusetts. Well, I'm gonna guess that's the answer then. <laughs> It's Quincy. Oh, no. (laughs) I feel so let down now that I was touting my love of dunks, and I don't know the the history of where it was founded. I feel like I should trade in a little bit of my Boston hat. It's it's my fault for not having a clue in the question. No. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) That was good, though. Uh, Well, I'll have to make a pilgrimage to the original dunks. Uh, I just, it's hard to know where they start because nowadays they're just literally littered all over the place in Massachusetts. And in fact, in my hometown growing up for a while, it's no longer the case. There was a dunks facing another dunks across the street. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it's like, oh, I don't want to go to that dunks. It was really because it was a divided highway. So it was saving you a loop around. But, uh, I was like, oh, they're competing rival dunks. That one's got left food. That one's got right food. Fun fact, the original location was uh, initially called Open Kettle. Oh, I think I did know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they've since, uh, you know, abbreviated the name from Dunkin' Donuts to Dunkin'. And because we're health conscious now. Yeah, they just don't want to be super uh, into the donuts, although, man, their donuts are good. Mm-hmm. I like the yeah, I picked up a dozen for the crew the other day. Oh, good. And then <laughs> I've shortened it even more. It's still dunks to me. Dunks. Uh, but, uh, Matt, we've got a mailbag to look into. Oh, yeah, I know we've got... Oh, there's a song. I've got mail. Yeah, yeah we, you want to pick one of these or you want me to? There's a couple in here that I wanted to get to. Uh, one, John Richard, uh, if you wanted a... Uh, you sent a message to us, but there's nothing in the body of the email. So if you want to try emailing back that was the one you chose yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i just wanted to get that one out there in case there was a message and they wanted to you know fix that we will we will get that but if you tried to reach us uh we didn't get whatever message let's click a new one let's do this one this one is topical because it's from uh a first night audience member Uh, wait this is samantha the one oh this is a new one now yes this is a new one okay okay 
Samantha writes in, hi, Matt and Eric. I wanted to write in because I was living the life for the cast last week. Whoa. It's so good. And was lucky enough to be in the audience for Matt's opening night. The show was great. I loved getting to see all the new tricks and, of course, the old ones, too. I hadn't been to a live show in over a year, and I was so excited to have this one be my first one back. Love the podcast. You guys have me regularly laughing out loud during it. Wow. Keep up the good work. P.S. I miss having the TED Talk at the beginning of the show. Samantha, who writes in from Plainfield, Illinois, near Chicago. Ah, well, Samantha, there is there's a, an opening to the show that's in the works that is, uh, I mean, it's almost a TED Talk on steroids, really. We just haven't been able to uh, get it in for this initial phase, but we are working on something. Can't guarantee it'll work, but we're trying a, a little magical something that um, that is sort of in lieu of the the old TED Talk. So we'll see how soon we can get that phase going and whether or not it's going to work. But fear not, we're working on something for that. Um, and thank you so much for coming to opening night. I'm so happy to be your first show back. And uh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Appreciate the feedback. And how about that? Laughing out loud to the pod, to the cast. I love it. Living the life it. for the cast. People are saying this this bonkers phrase we came up with. <laughs> <laughs> living life for the cast. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, speaking of living life for the cast, we lived life for the cast by watching a show. We did. Like, like honestly, the reason <laughs> you and I both went to this virtual mm-hmm. show was so that we could talk about it here. And it's Jeff McBride's virtual show. Yeah, it's so was so fun to watch. I mean, he's all he's been a mentor to you, and um, to the fact that he's doing a limited run of a show, which uh, we'll put the show notes in uh, in the show notes a link where you can buy tickets. I don't even know if it's sold out, but I'm sure there's a, a, a run, run, don't don't wait, run and get tickets uh, to see it because uh, we I had a blast. It was amazing to see all these. McBride classic pieces that he does in his live show that he's like adapted for the Zoom experience. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed that I was like, wow, I couldn't believe I got to see like his whole like retrospective of his life. So uh, what did you think? I know I, know I was a fan. I, I loved it. I loved seeing the classic stuff. Some of it had twists on it, uh, like his opening mask thing he did, but it, it was it was different. I really enjoyed the, um, it's called Wild Card in Magic, but he did it with tarot cards, which I think makes it a better routine in general. And also, obviously, it's very fitting for his style of performance. Um, but also, like, to me, when you do a quote-unquote wild card routine, the, the general effect is, let's say you have, like, nine cards and they're all the ace of spades. They one at a time sort of visually change into the queen of hearts, just for example. Right. Which... In most cases, it's sort of an unmotivated effect. Whereas when he did it with tarot cards, without giving too much away, um, it, it actually made a lot of sense. And I really enjoyed that. That was a highlight for me for sure, as mm-hmm. well as seeing his classic things. Like speaking of um, the, you mentioned Fool Us, he did uh, the routine that he fooled Penn and Teller with on national TV. Um, I just want to give the dates here. Yes. Like Eric said, run, don't walk. Uh, these are coming up really, really soon. Not sure which days are, are sold out, but some days I think have multiple shows. Uh, we have May 7th, May 8th, May 9th, May 14th, May 15th, and May 16th. And I think you can get to these shows. We'll put a link. Yes. So that people notes. can get tickets to see this. But if you want to see someone who's a huge inspiration to us, 
Um, I've been posting card manipulation videos on, on Instagram, some of which have like climbing up towards 9 million views. And so I'm getting, if anyone's listening to this podcast, that's sort of, um, new to what I do and you're coming because you saw some of those videos, everyone's asking, how do I learn card manipulation? What, how do I learn this? And I say every time, you know, I, I respond to as many comments as I can saying, study, study Jeff McBride, study Jeff McBride, study Jeff McBride. If you want to see where I was first inspired to learn card manipulation, uh, you've taken, uh, so McBride is a magic teacher. Right. I did a a mystery uh, school. I did a session with him uh, when I was still in college. And that's because he's not just an expert in card manipulation, but also has things to say about mentalism and things that would be beneficial to you and all aspects of magic. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he he has a column um, where he's the show doctor and giving notes. So, I mean, he's got that element of, and he's even brought into like, you know, now he's kind of, the uh, the director for a lot of shows coming in to tweak things in Vegas too. I know Penn and Teller are using him uh, yes. as well for consulting, and you've used him. And, yes, uh, he, he's yeah, just he's, like he's come to our show and and um, you know, given his uh, notes on things. It's just always always insightful, always helpful. Also, um, he also does I gotta a lot stop you. I guess stop you because you casually dropped in your nine million views after I mentioned my one million views. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Way to dunk on me there, man. That's okay. No, no, it's all viral nonetheless. Okay, it's all viral. Listen, I'm as shocked by it as anybody else. I'm like, I don't understand why this reach is being reached, but it is. Um, You know, the algorithm likes me this week or whatever. It just is what it is. But um. He also, Jeff McBride does a lot of work at the private secret David Copperfield Museum because Mm. he's such a historian when it comes to magic. And speaking of, if you follow Jeff McBride's Instagram, he's sharing a lot of things in his own collection in this week of of magic memorabilia that he's obtained. Well, that was the nice thing about the show because it wasn't, uh, the show was called Magic Quest and it kind of details his story of how he came into magic and how he got to where he is but he's also kind of using it as an opportunity to show all these um, artifacts he's acquired along the way that he just has in his house and what I liked about it too was he he actually has a stage in his house which is really really cool Uh, and uh, seeing him do these amazing acts that I've seen him do on TV specials and uh, just live when I saw him live in the Zoom theater. Uh, like it feels like uh, almost learning from his manipulation DVDs too. It's like I was half expecting like a super slow practice session after like- <laughs> Super practice, yeah. yeah. his super practice. What he, but like the card throwing looks great and he's getting it to go right over the camera. He's so amazing. seamless at that. It's so, so I mean, Tiana good. was watching it with me and going, wow, he does that so smooth. Yeah, yeah. And he's a pro. It, he's the best. I mean, it's just- his, his sleight of hand dexterity is off the charts, but I was also impressed with the perfect use of technology mm. and uh, the sort of little interstitial video moments uh, that clips were thrown in in between. And then all of a sudden we're now we're in the library of the, the magic and mystery school. Now we're back at the stage area and like just the way, and now we're at a close up table. Now he's doing a stage piece. The way everything was sort of seamlessly intertwined, intertwined together was really a, a lesson in how to do a virtual show if you want to you know make your virtual show better i'm not saying certainly don't copy anyone else's but uh it no matter what you can't deny it being a lesson in how it could be done 
Right, and what was interesting too, I've seen a lot of vir virtual magic shows, Zoom magic shows, and um, you know, oftentimes you can kind of get a sense. All right, this is going this way, and you know, oh, I know this is the start of this trick. I'm going to see it go through the end. I was fully engaged, and that's just a testament to Jeff as a performer, uh, as he was, uh, you know, presenting, and he was he was engaged, and he was like drawing you in with his persona in his uh, performances for you to want to, you know, really be part of the show and present. And I was, and, you know, with all the distractions that could happen around a, uh, a zoo magic show, I thought it was fantastic. I've also noticed Matt, he had a lot uh, in common with your journey in some ways, you know, uh, you know, from, you know, learning manipulation, which you obviously learned from Jeff and, and but also big moments uh, like he had his big break at Radio City Music Hall when he was opening yeah. for Diana Diana Ross and years later there you are on Radio City Music Hall winning America's Got Talent so it's yeah. crazy <laughs> it really is um that that is such a weird parallel between Jeff and I <laughs> I know <laughs> it really is like that's the that that's strange when you put it that way cuz yeah i mean He's the one I saw on television back in 95 doing card manipulation, which to this day is a integral moment in my live show and, and now online too. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, uh, it was his big break opening for Diana Ross. He toured with a lot of music acts back in the day, Alice Cooper and uh, lots of big things. He's done so much um, over the past, well, I guess 40 years yeah uh with his career in magic performing on tour around the world in vegas and with his school which has been operating now probably in some fashion for 25 30 years yeah, yeah. right is that does that sound about right sound i think so i'm bad at estimating matt <laughs> yeah but he has joked i've heard him joke uh one time at a party here in vegas uh and this was before johnny thompson had passed and I can't remember the comment that preceded it, but uh, Jeff's answer to somebody's question, he like gestured towards Johnny and said, well, really, I'm just training to be you. And he gestured towards Johnny Thompson, which I think is probably very true. I could I could very mm -hmm. well see because uh, he's the closest thing to it, I believe. Um, I think so. and yeah. There's no reason that, you know, Jeff McBride in his uh, late 70s, early 80s wouldn't be the Johnny Thompson of our time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so check out the show. Uh, I think you can tell from us just talking about it. We loved it. So there's that. And you get mm -hmm. to see like little clips of Mystery School and uh, everything that goes into that. But I just love seeing the old photos and the old videos of him, too. I mean, we got to see a little extra bonus footage from the VIP meet and greet after uh, and talk about what we enjoyed about it. And uh, I remember when I went and saw, you know, when I was there for Mystery School, he has a TV that he doesn't have plugged into, like, cable. I don't know if it's different now with the internet and cord cutting, but uh, he would only use his TV for magic, like learning magic videos or watching magic performances. So the one time I saw him uncover his TV <laughs> with the drape and pop in a VHS was uh, a, a game show that he was on when he was little for like, uh, uh, to tell the truth. What's, my, what's line? my line? What's my line? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was fun seeing a young Jeff McBride on that as well. I had uh, never seen that. I knew he was on it. He's talked about it uh -huh. in interviews. So that was my <laughs> first time actually seeing it. So you had me beat on that one because mm -hmm. you said you'd seen it. Um, I do think it's fun for the whole family. Like, obviously, 
Um, every magician in the world knows Jeff McBride and lots of magicians will attend the show, but I mean, maybe I'm biased, but like, I just feel like it is fun for the whole family and interesting for the whole family and such a dynamic, uh, cultured personality. Um, so you're talking if, if it's like 30 bucks a ticket or something, whatever it is, you're, you're talking about in the single digits for the whole family per person to watch this thing and, uh, selling out quickly. So check it out and we'll have the link. I believe you can get to it. Yeah. Gosh, you just do you search- know it offhand? If you search Jeff McBride Magic Quest, I'm sure it'll come up. That's what I typed in, yeah. Yeah. Jeff McBride. I'm just typing it in. I had it pulled up, and then it disappeared on me. (laughs) But, Matt, this is not the only Quest show I saw this weekend. In fact, I saw another Quest show on that day. It was a show called Haunt Quest by um, legendary uh, sideshow performer, uh, and, you know, um, magician in his own right. And kind of like, I call him like the Fagin of the New York magicians because he's kind of like from Oliver Twist, like the ringleader of all these younger magicians in a way. Uh, but Todd Robbins is doing a hypnotic seance at the Soho Playhouse. So I went and saw this seance uh, live, socially distanced. It was like my oh. first show that I wasn't performing in that was a live show I attended. Whoa. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I mean, um, just the way he kind of goes into the history of the Soho Playhouse and the, uh, uh, you know, obviously I'm skeptical when it comes to, like, ghosts and all that stuff, but it's fun to kind of suspend that and buy into Todd, who's such a great storyteller, especially when it comes to things dark and macabre and all this other stuff. He's such a good storyteller. So he was going into the history of, like, um, you know, people who had, past and potential ghosts at the the Soho Playhouse and as people are kind of potted up and socially distanced apart he kind of puts people into a hypnotic trance throughout the show and what happens is they start to uh, tell the rest of the audience any ghosts that they might see that we might be visiting in the night and eventually they overtake the person and we're speaking to these ghosts and spirits uh through through the show so there's i mean he's not doing any of like the seancey stuff where like uh, it's you know gimmicky or fake or anything like that he's really playing this as a true seance and he really doesn't know what's going to happen from night to night because it's really dependent on who gets visited uh yeah so it was a lot of fun and i know he's doing a short run of that so i just wanted to plug uh haunt quest what a weird coincidence that two of our you know (laughs) mentors in uh in the magic world both picked quest in their titles but uh i i had a i had my own quest i had diddle quest Oh boy! Uh, going uh, from from Magic Quest to Haunt Quest in the same day. <laughs> awesome, Diddle Quest. Yeah. Get you a shirt that says that. I think that might be our our, our Diddle episode Quest. title. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we just make the title "I'm the Fastest Comer"? No, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> if we didn't get an explicit tag, we're gonna get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good once. It's like a PG-13 movie. You're yeah, if you say, say it more than what? once, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The funniest thing, too, is um, uh, Matt Matt Green, part of our, our magic team, is, is mm-hmm. behind the camera, just slowly pans over to the shirt. But there was such a hesitancy of, like, does <laughs> he I? want me to show it? Like, thinking, do, do I want him to do it? And I kind of give the nod. And still, he was hesitant. Like, do I really want to zoom in on this? That's you know? very funny. <laughs> so good. Uh, let's get into our goals, Matt. 
Okay. Your goal was to have a good dress rehearsal and an opening weekend. How'd you do it? Uh, exceeded, man. Honestly, I'm <laughs> joking. Exceeded those uh, those goals. Really, uh, I'm so proud of our whole team. It feels so awesome and so good to create something from the ground up, and, and I'm so proud of everyone involved. Had a great dinner with my managers after, too, at the Win at a Ooh. place called SW Steakhouse, which I think you may have been to, where the frog comes up from behind the wall. There's, like, live entertainment. Oh, is that outside, and there's, like, yeah. a waterfall? Man, the entertainment, live entertainment, they've... I haven't been there in over a year, obviously. They've stepped it up. I couldn't recommend it more. If you want to do, like, a nice date night or a nice whatever, and, it, like... SW Steakhouse at the win. If you want to go big and have a nice, fine dining experience, sit outside, make a reservation. And we saw probably three or four different shows while we were sitting there for a couple hours. What it was were, amazing. What were the shows? Like what, They have live what entertainment that like, so it's like this projection on a wall. There are things that come out of the water. There were oh, things cool. flying around, just laser beams. I mean, it was a whole nother, it's kind of like, um, it's ambient entertainment. So there's mm-hmm. not actually people. There's not entertainers involved, but it's ambient entertainment like they used to do at the Mirage with the Volcano or the Bellagio Fountains. But um, it's it's got to be four times as cool as it was before, and it was cool before. So Nice. Oh, that's yeah. fun. And I assume you didn't get a steak. I did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Uh, flexitarian, but not that flexitarian. Yeah, exactly. What? Uh, what so what's your goal for uh, this upcoming week? Ooh. I was unprepared and I didn't make a specific goal. I'm gonna just look at my uh, calendar here, see what I've got going on. Oh, I started with you because I'm also figuring out my. You're also figuring <laughs> out what your goal is. Um, you know, honestly, I I don't I don't mean for it to be a cop out, but like, yeah, we're one week in, but that's really not enough to be uh, comfortable. It takes about two, so I'm gonna give myself the leeway of like, you know, having another strong week because it's it's still too soon to. To just be like, oh, yeah, everything's honky-dory. You know, there's still going to sure. be a lot of hurdles over the next week or so mm-hmm. uh, to overcome. So that's just to uh, continue the uh, constant improvement on on Magic Reinvented. So that's where Great. we're at. Very good. And uh, my goal last week was uh, to work on the websites for myself, for the podcast. and uh, maybe I can't a wait pa- to hear what happened. Maybe a Patreon by episode 50, Patreon. Uh, so that's still the ongoing goal. Well, eventually we got to... We got to sit down off the cast and uh, discuss uh, how we're going to approach that. If you got ideas, we'd love to hear them. By the way, you can email us uh, if uh, if you're if you if you have ideas for different tiers and so forth. Uh, but uh, my website, I just I'm I'm uh, waiting for my assets to come and uh, I'll start putting that all together. Uh, but they are it's all designed and I've uh, approved it and it looks good. I'm excited for Whoa. that. And uh, I haven't looked once at our podcast yet. Uh, I had a busy week. <laughs> came out, turned out. Uh, so we'll get there eventually, at least a splash page or something. Uh, okay. I have a little bit more downtime. So those are going to be my ongoing goals to roll through. And uh, I'll, I'll even add on top of that, uh, maybe like clean my apartment a little bit. It's getting a little out there. I figured since you had that for like, seven weeks of cleaning your office i could throw cleaning my apartment <laughs> still not done by the way <laughs> it's just just that's the constant goal i guess is to tidy up a bit so. yep a running goal so there you go 
Well, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, shoot us an email. We love hearing from you. Uh, so uh, email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us where you're writing from, uh, what name you want us to use uh, to uh, refer to you, uh, and uh, hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod on all the socials. You can get in touch, DM us, uh, see all uh, uh, photos as well we're going to be posting uh, as well as our personal accounts uh, to see some of the stuff Matt teased. And um, as always, uh, buy tickets to Matt's show, which Please. you can do at uh, mattfrancomagic.com. Mattfranco.com. Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> Link probably.com. Yeah. <laughs> Got a Dunkin' Donuts. Magic Quest, uh, <laughs> Jeff McBride's event. Very mm-hmm. limited run. Get your tickets for that. You will enjoy it, I believe. And if you do, let mm-hmm. us know. So. And if you're there in you New York, it. check out Todd Robinson's Haunt Quest as well. And uh, yeah, this is fun, Matt. Uh, good luck for new shows coming up this week. I uh, can't wait to hear more how it goes. And if you have any more potential obscene t-shirts. <laughs> I will definitely let you know. Live life for the cast for this week, okay? <laughs> All right. I'll do my best. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.